Welcome to a quick hit edition of Rinky Dinking. Uh, we have yours truly, Daryl Ray here. Of course, the great Michael Heike. Jeff Totes on his final day of being a 25-year-old. We'll get into that later. And, oh, would you look to my left, your right, Mike Heike. If that isn't the vice president and broadcasting of the Dallas Stars. Communications. Tom Holy. Vice President of Communications. So he's your boss, right? We'll get into him in a little bit. We're back from Western Canada. Tom didn't come with us. He had better things to do back here. Uh, but the Stars all of a sudden are 5-0-2 this season against the Greasy Canadians. They have the Canadians again on the docket tomorrow as the Vancouver Canucks come to town. And uh, here in this Nugget Express, the uh, tidbit train, morsel marathon that is rinky-dinky, I thought we'd start with the Stars being arguably the best team in the National Hockey League right now. Who would have thunk we would be spitballing that here in Rinky Dinking, some three weeks ago, but we are. Uh, so here are the three categories I have for you, gentlemen. Am I correct with this? Is it kind of? Or are you kidding me? I can make a case for all three. Stars being the number one gem jewel top act in the National Hockey League right now. Mike, I could go. Uh, I would have said that about the Buffalo Sabres three <laughs> weeks ago. This, this league changes very quickly, doesn't it? It does. Um, it, they're great. I, I Everything they're doing, I think, is between the years right now. And now that then goes down onto the ice. Oh, okay. Because what they were doing earlier, they just, they were so, I don't know what, worried about not scoring, worried about losing trying hard not to lose uh, and now they're just playing hockey and the fact that they're doing this with rope hints and mm. john klingberg hurt mm. with you know pulling goalies salient point again. in the middle of games and still pulling out wins it's really fascinating well it's team-wide isn't it yeah uh, they are a bit of a line match nightmare for the opposition right now because you you can't you can't sit there and say, okay, well, we're going to take that and that away, and then we'll be successful against them right now. Yeah. Because you don't know. We said it the other day. What line is the number one line for the Dallas Stars right now? It's between, what, 17 and 12 minutes, basically, for every forward? The best players are competing like they're trying to make the team, which when you get that going on, you got it going on. And they've return to that they've returned to being the best reloading team in the national hockey league we had a wonderful long diatribe about load management when we were on the road that devolved into diaper talk i'm talking about reloading reload go on offense spin around they're heading in your direction and you reload above them and the stars i think are the best team in the league at doing that right now they're, I watch a lot of hockey. All their details are really good. Like the thing that impresses me the most is sticks in the lane and puck support. I mean, they just like teams that try to create offense against them get really frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, case in point, we're going to see 
the Vancouver Canucks again, man, they they were crying in their beers and the media was whining in their coffees or whatever they're drinking out there in the West Coast after that game about how the Stars just strangled the game and killed this wonderful young creative Vancouver Canuck team oh don't be so mean to them we want it to be exciting and they're like well it can be exciting we think winning is exciting right now and that's what the stars are doing there's belief there's a very strong and building internal community going on uh and you know don't overlook coaching and, and preparation these guys these guys are doing a good job right now of putting pieces in the right spot, primarily because of what you said. I mean, they're, they're losing some pretty significant individuals, yeah. and they're having to kind of reorganize things on a game-to-game basis. And it looks like everyone that dons the jersey right now is playing the same way. And that's when you really have it going on. Yeah, and I think, again, I keep keep going back to the puck support of, you know, if uh, Nick Kamano or an Alexander Radulov, whoever makes a mistake, there's somebody behind them cleaning the mistake up. Yeah, and I mean that's it's called layering. It's it's very impressive. You learn that up in the it's winter good, in Canada. A good Canadian always layers. I think we talked about that with Totes before. He did layer, and yet he still froze in Lake Louise. Uh, the thing that really grabs me too on this is that uh, the schedule is is keeping them fresh, uh, despite the injury issues. And you wonder whether that's played a role in this as well. I mean, they, they're they 7-0-1 in their last eight over 18 days. It's not a lot of hockey. That being said, they won three games when they played three and four and a half days. But they had, three and a half days. They had tons of energy in order to do so. True. And it was not really that tough a travel. Did you find no. the travel tough? I, it's never tough for me. I, I quite enjoy it. <laughs> Totsi, did you find the travel tough? Easy. Not at all? How about you, Tom? Did you find the travel tough? I drove to Magnolia with my mother, and that was a good trip. Was it was fine? That it wasn't was difficult. No, that was good for me. All right. So also, when you brought this back, I think we could go back to the Columbus version of Rinky Dinking. When Razor, you predicted this turnaround. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to do that. You're already the vice president of and broadcasting. Hike it. You don't not. have to suck. If up. we go back to then, if you let's recall. do that for a second. Let's just pause for a second and and see who the the true believer was and who the naysayer was when they were. What were they at that point? Like one. It was one five and one. Yeah, correct? one five and one. Uh, it looked like a mess to me. Oh, that was obvious. You pointed that out. I, I believe. did. And I, I, believe, I, I believe I pointed out that this was going to turn. I will say this because I think they may have been on board too. I don't know. You know, you get your vibe from the locker room. I think they didn't know what was going on. And so then I kind of soaked that up is that they were frustrated. They were like, how are we going to get out of this? I don't know that they had the belief at one, five and one that you had Daryl. So I soaked that up from the players. Well, through osmosis to the players, you know, we travel with the players and I, I'm not that close with them, but through osmosis, of just having me in the general vicinity, that belief started to seep down to them. Almost like a godlike figure I am. Is, is that here. what happened in that Minnesota game? Because it seemed like there was a, just a feeling of panic. Well, when they once. Were down three nothing. Yeah, but once I pointed out that they need something before the end of the second period to take some positivity into the room. And then I, I commanded Radulov to go end to end, lay it all on the line and score that goal. And once I did that, 
then they they stepped it up and just went after things. If I so, recall, he received. I like, am omnipotent, is he, what I am. He received a banana on the bench that had like some sort of saying on the peel. You know, he likes to eat bananas in the middle of a game to yeah, give I himself that, energy. I sent that down. I figured. I scratched into the skin of the banana with a nail. <laughs> Rads. Go time. And that was all that was needed. Pretty much changed the entire season. Uh-huh. Nature's candy bar. It is. But the banana is nature's candy bar. Don't get fooled by the banana out there, people. It's nature's candy bar. It is not a healthy treat. It is not a healthy treat. Make good choices. Uh, speaking of making uh, uh, good choices, uh, the, the pull the goalie thing has been a good choice. I just had a, a wonderful little mini conversation with Ben Bishop about it because we can speak that language. Yep. You guys can't. You wouldn't understand, but goalies do. Uh, I watched this. He gave canned responses to everyone. <laughs> Razor pulled them aside, and those two went in deep, and yeah. we're going to get to that now. No, we're Razor. not. No, that's private conversation uh, on a different level. But, uh, hey, the psychological aspect of athletics and teams – and pulling one's goalie is part of that. The the effects with an E and the effects with an A that come out of that. Yeah. You only get that here on Rinky Dinking. For the stars, it has equaled success. They and they have the luxury of having a guy that can come off the bench and you know, some teams don't have that. No. Look down I I'm sure a lot of coaches look down and they like to change their goaltender and like how how could it be any better with that guy in there that's was my career essentially <laughs> it was like nope we'll stick with Fierzy. uh it's a coach's way and the coaches don't understand the position of saying i'm not saying it's your fault i'm merely blaming you that's what pulling your goalie essentially is in hockey it's not your fault. How many times do you hear him after the game? You know, I just felt like we needed a change. We needed this. We needed that. Not really your fault, but I'm going to blame you and pull you out of the game. Everyone else is going to keep playing, except for you. It's like, fi- it's like firing a coach. You can't fire all the players. So, Well, that's a, we'll get into that in a little bit, but that that's a bigger, more drastic decision no, but I'm to saying be made. The impact of firing a coach is blaming all the players, but firing one guy. The one thing that Ben and I agreed upon when we were chatting is that once you get yanked, don't, don't be one of these coaches that wants to put the guy back in again. Because when you've been pulled, like you can't do it in baseball. Right. Like you yank a pitcher, gone to the showers, right? But in hockey, I've played for these guys where the, you get pulled and then they're like, well, that didn't work the way I wanted it to work. You're going to go back in again. And you're basically like emoji finger straight at the coach. But then you go and you do it. But it's the worst thing on planet Earth to go back in there again. But this has worked. This has worked. I, I think the mindset of Anton Hudobin also helps uh, in the fact that I think it's hard to do to jump into a game cold, but he doesn't seem to mind. You think it? You think it is? If I was an athlete, you want, I think, me, to, want me to just stop you now and tell you that it, it is in fact hard to do? Yeah, it's hard to go into a game cold. And so then it's the only. Is, we, there, we, is there another position in sports that has the athlete go in just flat ice? 
cold. I would say a pinch Go. hitter in baseball. Who? A pinch hitter in baseball. You could be sitting on the bench the entire game. But do they they have those indoor I guess hitting cages? Yeah, I guess they do. They now. go back there and swing the bat. Yeah. And then if you're going to go up there, you're going to pinch hit. It's, it, you have time in the on-deck circle to swing a little bit. Yeah. Quarterback gets injured. Backup quarterback comes in. Yeah, but he stands on the sideline and throws the ball. No, not when an injury. Ha- it depends how no, 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 no. He, off the field. He stands on the sideline and throws the ball with someone if he's going to go in. They have the shot every time. Look at him. There he is. Oh, he's warming up that shoulder. Well, sometimes backup <clears throat> goaltenders warm up by eating popcorn. I don't know anything about that, but I I do know this that, was, that when the coach looks down and says you're going in, the only warm up you get is when you scramble to try to find your mask and your gloves, and then you hop over the boards, you skate down into the net, you do a couple stretches, and then the game hits play again. Last year in that St. Louis series when Bish's toe strap broke. And Anton did everything in his power to try to fix it because he knew, wow, I would be going in cold into a really big game. I will do anything. Yeah. It's, there's not a more difficult thing to well, do. And we've seen it. And you know, not to say that these aren't fine backup goalies, but some of the ones we've had over the past decade have looked really bad when they've been called into game. I mean, they look nervous. Anton doesn't. He looks like, okay. Yeah. I'll stop this. Whatever you need. Yeah. So and his his mindset, I think, helps in that decision making. Yeah, it's it's hard though, man. You get yanked. It's a that's a bad feeling because you really you want a chance to fight, and you want it's it's the easiest thing to do. It really is. It's an easy thing to do. Do you have any instances where you got pulled as the starter and then got put back in after the guy that came in for you didn't do the job? That's what I, I just talked about. I that. know, but just do, do you have ago. any? When did it happen? Did you miss that portion of the podcast today when I was just speaking about that? I got lost in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. It's not good when that happens. It's even worse when you get put in and you don't get the job done and you get yanked. And now the guy who was already wet is now frozen and he has to go back in again. I'm very proud that every game... Uh, well, no, I got yanked in, at Madison Square Garden, so I take that back. Every uh, every game that I started outside of that game in New York <laughs> when I was with uh, Hartford, every game I, I started, I finished. Every game that I got put into, I finished. And, and some of those were difficult starts, too. I might <laughs> add that in there. There might be a game or two that you didn't wish that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Indeed. But it, it, the, the other part of it is always when you're the guy that gets yanked and then the team has success, then it all of a sudden becomes a little easier and a little more believable from their perspective that anytime you're looking a little shaky, well, let's go to the whip again and do that. You can go to that well too many times. Yeah. Well, and you do. You really do need. There's two things. You need to allow your goaltender to fight through some stuff, and you also need to allow the rest of the team to understand that sometimes it is their fault, not his fault, and you guys need to bail them out. Because yeah. there's many times where the goaltender is stopping everything to make sure that you you and your pop gun offense can win when scoring one or two goals. Well, every now and then you might have to score six or seven to win. 
Yeah, I agree with that. The, the other interesting part of all this is Ben's body language is he does not enjoy it at all. And I'm not I'm sure. I don't know a number one goal. I don't know a goaltender at this level. I don't know a goaltender at any level. But he seems to take it more personally. Like, uh, well, we all show it differently. Okay. I don't know. I don't know a guy. Well, if you have a guy that's okay with getting yanked, you don't want that guy. Yeah, you're probably right. Now, I will say this as a former goaltender. There are times, and we had a giggle about it, there are times when you know you just don't have it, and there are some side-eye glances at the bench. Because you know, and you can sense it. You let in a couple just rancid goals, and then you start looking over there, and you're like, is there movement on the bench? Am I? <laughs> oh, apparently I'm staying in here. Okay, and you carry on that way when you – you're kind of hoping at some point that maybe I don't have it. They can see I don't have it. Let's get me out of here yeah. and give the other guy a chance. Anyway, it's working for the stars right now, which is wonderful. Remember when Lindy was going through the segment of time where we were pulling a goaltender, it seemed oh like every gosh, night. Yeah. It was, and again. But that wasn't just to shake the game up no. back then. That was trying to find an answer, I think. Anyway, uh, no goalies. Well, there is one goalie going into the Hockey Hall of Fame this week or tonight. Induction is tonight, I believe. We'll talk about the Hall of Fame after this. This is a Hall of Fame broadcast on the podcast today. I bet you think you're first place. Yeah, someone should give you a ribbon and put you in the Hall of Fame for all the games. All right, as we sit here in the uh, room and put forth one of the greatest or most mediocre podcasts on the planet right now, uh, I look around and I see at least one Hall of Famer in our midst. And that would be, well, totes. you guys are both pointing at at totes. I was thinking Mike Heike. Oh, there you go. Is it the Elmer Ferguson? Or is that? That's what, you. Is, no, it, it isn't. No, I don't know. I'm Foster Hewitt. Foster I'm not Foster Hewitt, but, but that yeah. broadcast something like that. You don't go in the hall; you just get no, out I know. by the hall. I know you're like pseudo hall or whatever <laughs> it's called, adjacent to. That's right. Uh, but you've put forth a lot of stuff. We, I have. We yeah. were, we were Volume. Just, I'm, I'm very prolific. <laughs> yes, and and we're we need we need uh, villains and heroes on the podcast as well. Indeed. And we're painting you as the villain okay. here today. Tom Holy has done that. He's probably accurate. VP of Ann Broadcasting. So, Guy Carboneau, Sergei Zuboff, Vaclav Nedimansky, Haley Wickenheiser, Jim Rutherford, Jerry York are basically the main components of this year's class. Rutherford in the builder uh, and Jerry York as well, I believe, right? Yeah. From so. Boston College. Uh, that Frank Brown is going in in your department. Indeed. Wonderful work for decades. Tell us about Frank Brown very Frank quickly. Frank Brown uh, was a, a big New York writer uh, back in the glory days of the printed word. Uh, I loved the New York papers. Like you would, you could get what, four of them? 
You stop in New York, get four papers, read them on the subway. He was great. Uh, then he went on. When did he turn into the uh, Gary Bettman apologist? Well, that, that was later in his career. <laughs> I, I believe- he, did, he did a phenomenal job in that role, too. He should be in the Hall of Fame just for that back in the lockout days and what have you. Well, there's a lot of spin going on. Gary's story is a, is really interesting, and in just in that he didn't come in with a whole lot of uh, history with the NHL, and so then you know Frank was there to kind of pave the way and help him understand the game of hockey. He was more of a basketball guy, and I. I think if you look back at his career, I think, you know, Gary's in the hall too, obviously, but I think you have to say, you know what, very successful in the job of commissioner. And I think Frank played a big role in helping him make that adjustment when he probably didn't have the inside respect that that some other commissioners might have had. So I I do believe Frank did a a great job Mm -hmm. in, in working with the league and working with Gary. Yeah, agreed. And it is interesting. This would be a big. This is going to be a big story in Canada going forward. That that the commissioner of the league, Gary Bettman's in the Hall of Fame, and Don Cherry's not. Yeah. And not that he's going to go into the. He could go into the actual Hall of Fame. Could he not? Builder, I would think. Could they make a case for that I don't in know. some way? I don't either. I don't think they will, but I guess they could. <laughs> I don't either. Jim Houston's going in in the broadcasting yeah. department, Hockey Night in Canada, play by play man, good dude. Love him. Uh, so very, he deserves that honor. There's no question. Did the Canuck broadcast for a while. But the one that means most to us is the individuals that are going in that wore Stars jerseys. So Carboneau and, and Zubov. So this brings the total to six Hall of Famers from that 1999 Stanley Cup team that will be in the Hall of Fame. Bob Gainey is in as a player. He could be in as a builder too, could he not? Yep. Going forward? Yep. Are there guys in there that are in as players and builders? I don't know. That's a good question. We should look that up. Tom, get on that. You're here for a reason. (laughs) Doug Armstrong will be going in, I would think. Yep. Right? At some point down the road. He was an assistant general manager here in 99. Uh, Hitchcock will go in. He was the head coach of that team. At some point, Hitch will go in. They need to get Hitch on Hockey Night in Canada. I would like to just... Like, not not to fill no, uh, that not role. Not Don Cherry, no, but... But they should have him come on as, like, Howie Meeker was back in the day, or like like a coach's show type yeah. thing, and teach a little bit. He'd be phenomenal in that. It's funny, I talked to him the other day, and he's just like, he's still... That's all he's he lost a hundred pounds, by the way. Yeah, but that's all he does is he soaks up hockey mm-hmm. wherever he is. He's in California. He's finding a way to watch seventeen hockey games. Yep, the pounds are dripping away, but he's soaking up hockey. <laughs> the uh, what about Jim Lights? That's a, a really builder. good. That's a really good point for what he did to help Detroit bridge the gap between Eastern Europe and players who couldn't get out of their country. I mean, that's a fascinating story. That coupled with building hockey in Dallas, Texas from 93 on. Yeah. So I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right. I mean, you can make a great case for Jim Lights in the as a hockey builder. So we have Belfour, Hull, Madonna, Neuendike, Zubov, Car- Carboneau. Will Yuri Lettinen follow suit? His numbers say he should. I, I think the fact that Carboneau's getting honored opens up a, opens door up a little for those discussion, types. at least. Yeah. yeah. For because really, this is there are many issues that people have with the hall, and some say it should be more exclusive than it is. That it's too broad. Too many people get in all yeah. the time. It it really is the Hall of Fame of offense. Yes. When you think about it, 
like if you have offensive numbers as a good defensive player, you get in for the most part. Right. Even they don't even like goalies that much. Like I'm not in. <laughs> the if you think through the years, the number of goalies that are in there though, the, yeah. and those that should be in or could be in, yep. I guess is a better way of phrasing it. So anyway, there could be eleven. All when it's all said and done, there could be eleven individuals from that '99 franchise and and team that go in, deserving. Don't you think? Yeah, and then now look back. It's funny. I was talking to Guy the other day, and and he goes, "Well, we thought we should have won more, you know." Cause well, they should have won the next year too. Yeah, but that's what Guy says. When I go on, like, it was a good Jersey team, but they should have won two in a row. But I, I said to him, "I go, yeah. Did you remember the Red Wings roster and the Avalanche? I mean, that was some of the best hockey maybe ever. Like, because they, what they, I think Colorado has six, seven Hall of Famers on their probably, team. Probably, yeah. Detroit has seven or eight, maybe. Yeah." Like ninety eight, they weren't they weren't as good as Detroit, and they lost to Detroit in the Western Conference Final. Western Conference Final? Yeah, that was Joe got hurt, wasn't it? Yeah, and ninety seven, they got popped in the opening round by Edmonton. They they still didn't have what they fully needed. Belfour wasn't here yet. Hall right. wasn't here yet, and that the but in two thousand, they they coulda and probably shoulda. Yeah. I think they were good enough. They coulda beat that team. It's, they, all of a sudden couldn't win a home game in the final. And then you fast forward to 03 and they should have won again when the top seeds got beat. The Stars had a good squad. Minnesota they still in the Western Conference final or something like they that. They still had the remnants of of that group, but they had some freshness to it too and that team could have won. Yeah. Um and that was the first kind of the first year of Dave Tippett. Tippett someday in the Hall of Fame? I'm thinking of guys since... It's, it's, it's hard just because of, I look at numbers and... I, I, he'll have to I, win. He'll have to... Well, I don't, I don't want to disparage anybody, but like, does anybody think Lindy should be in there? And yet he's up there with... Oh, as far as like, wins in that? Yeah. yeah. The, the modern group of coaches with wins really grinds my gears, though. Because they get, they get all the positives of shootouts and overtime in their win columns. And I, I think it's just wrong. They have nothing to do with shootouts. Right. They've zero to do with those. And yet they get the W. Uh, Miro Haskin is going to go into the Hall of Fame. Wow. Early comment there. Uh, there's there's not a doubt on planet Earth. What about Rope? Huh? Come on. You're leaving Rope in the dust here. <laughs> is Nia Hall of Famer? <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. He's 20 years old. Remember Columbus, Mike. Remember Columbus. Razor usually like, proves right. You're like the right. shock jock of podcasts is what you are, Heike. <laughs> you're naming a guy in his Miro second Hayes year as a Hockey Hall of Hold Famer. It. Hold it. I could have I named, and I think I did name last year, uh, Elias Pettersson as the rookie of the year in the National Hockey League in like late November, maybe early December. I know what I'm talking about. I do know you know what you're talking I agree. Okay. It's just I've seems seen like- enough. I've seen enough of Miro. Miro's played over 100 games in front of me. And remember, again, you're talking, this is the Razor Boy. He, I'm all seeing. I'm omnipotent, omnipresent, because I'm everywhere. I see it all. Do you feel that sometimes he's playing for you? I do. I, I'm starting to get that sense. Not so much in his rookie year, but as he's moved into his sophomore year, when I watch, I can almost see a wink coming from ice level that that was for Razor. And, and what I do is 
how I conduct myself on and off the ice is how Razor wants me to go forth and be excellent and be Miro. I, I believe that. When you send him telepathic messages, are they in Finnish? Some of them are. And and we we have very brief conversations and it's it's basically a lot of, of him saying Kitos, Razor. Kitos. That thank you? Yes. There you go. Uh, he's he might be the best defenseman in the league right now. I, I'm not being full of hyperbole here. Like he might be the one of the he's certainly one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League right now. Right now. Right. Name better ones. Look at that Edmonton game. I'll name go, name I'll, better I'll go ones. This path. And you're gonna go, oh well, what about Carlson in Washington? What? Because he has a ton of points? Cam McCarr, same thing. We've seen him head to head and it seems like Miro was better. Yes. He he might be the best defenseman in the National Hockey League right now. Defenseman. Right. Like three zones on the power play. On the penalty kill, four on four, three on three, in his own zone, outlet pass, skating, defending, blocking shots, thinking the game, playing against the best players on the other side, all of it. The Edmonton game to me was very interesting because he made some mistakes early, didn't He's, look great. He looks tired. He, he, he looks tired. And then he doesn't look tired. And you're just like. Because I send my vibes down to him <laughs> when he's starting to look weary. And I'm like, you have more, Miro. You have more to give. Yeah. And then he'll look up and he'll kind of give it the nod yeah. type thing and he'll tap his stick on the ice and then he goes back to the face off and he continues on being Miro. Miro Aculus. Keto Razor. Keto. Ketos. Ketos. Oli Huva. Be Miro, be Mary. Uh, let's fire a coach. You want to? Sure. Who you want to get rid of? <laughs> I want to make a splash. Where's our, where's our list here? Let's let's take Mike no, Babcock crazy? out. <laughs> Listen to this. I'm I'm obviously I'm kidding. I don't want anybody getting fired. No, me neither. But man, it's starting to heat up in other locales. We're what a profession. Why do guys get into that profession? I don't understand it. I've said it to my buddies through the years. I'm like, why do you guys do this to yourselves? Now, in Mike Babcock's case, he's fifty million reasons why. Well. you know, having at it. But, but I that, honestly do think it's that, more than the money. That is not going well in Toronto no. right now. And it started before, but it is not going well now. I don't know what they're going to do. That's fascinating because they have a young, cool guy sitting right there. That Everybody they, wants they him. They did not let leave. They kept him in the chamber and ready to go. That, that's going to be fascinating. But, you know, if Calgary keeps doing what they're doing, I know he's only he's been there for a short period of time in that, but there, there's so much pressure in those Canadian cities yes. on them, at least externally, maybe internally, they don't feel any of this. Um, but look at the coaches that you would look at their teams right now and say they're underachieving a little bit. Laviolette, John Cooper's been there for a long yeah. time. Do they think they, they can go forward with that? I mean, these are great coaches. Oh, yeah. Well, that's how many times has the coach of the year been fired two yes. years later? That's the hockey. That's Bruce the Woodrow yeah. in, in Minnesota. Yeah. You know, he's on his third GM there. Pete DeBoer, if the San Jose Sharks, what are the pressures there with the roster that he has in that? Did the Devils have the greatest offseason in the history of hockey? Isn't that what we were told? John Hines in, in, in Jersey. But the, the question's always okay, are you rearranging the chairs on the Titanic? Or what are you doing? Because yeah. who do you bring in? 
And sometimes it marries up where I honestly have a conspiracy theory thing going on that general managers talk to one another and they're like, are you going to get rid of your guy? Well, I'll get rid of mine, and then we can just... You should be able to trade coaches. I agree with that one. I think that would be a, a wonderful thing. One, trade for, coaches for the teams, and two, for the league. One for the money, two for the show. There you go. Uh, I think they saw what St. Louis did last year, too, and think, okay, well, maybe this can work. I mean, it's a copycat league. It's and, like pulling your goalie. Yep. Same thing. Well, but different sometimes. Uh, CFL, football. You got you catch any of this going on? Did you catch the train that is CFL football? Well, Not. we're into playoffs in the CFL. You guys understand? Great that, Cup. Great Cup coming to Calgary. I got nothing. That was it. Yeah, that's great, all you have. Great Cup. That was excellent. Calgary. That's it. I'm you. a big Tiger Cats fan. Okay, I tweeted this out yesterday just to just to pop it in there. Oh, I did um, see this. This does crack me up. You got to remember the the Canadian Football League once had two teams named the Rough Riders in the same league. Two out of eight or something like that. Yeah, there's not that many teams. <laughs> there was the there was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and there was the Ottawa Rough Riders. How in do you Saskatchewan's defense they could see Ottawa from Saskatchewan. <laughs> so Well, the curvature of the earth. Yeah. I, I'm not so sure, but so now and I lost my mind a little bit on this one. The Edmonton es- Eskimos, since I lived in Edmonton and since we were in Edmonton at the time. City of Champions. City of Champions, not anymore. <laughs> they had to paint over that. Nobody's won anything there in a while. And the Eskies aren't going to be winning either. They lost to the Thai Cats. Uh, they, they played in the Eastern Final. Now, I have to admit, like my education in Canada w- was rather insignificant. And I did get my grade 12, as I like to call it up there. I don't think Edmonton's in the Eastern portion of the country. Can I reference the Dallas Cowboys to you? Yes. The NFC East? It's east of places like Hawaii. That's good. You know what? That's a good point. That is a good point. That's why he's the VP. Yeah. And broadcasting. I went back to this, the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Detroit Red Wings, for a long time played in the Western Conference. Western Conference. Well, the Campbell Conference. Was it the Campbell then? I think it was. See, now that that was my point about the CFL was that you can't call you can call it anything you want, but you can't call it the Eastern Final. Right. When you have a team that is like a thousand miles away from the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. In your Eastern Final, yeah, you can't that, do that. That's how the the NFL gets around because they have the NFC and the AFC, and so then if the Cowboys are playing in the NFC Finals, it's not that big of a deal that they're representing the NFC East. How far are we from the Atlantic Ocean and from the Pacific Ocean here in Dallas? Uh, we're closer to the. Well, it depends. We're probably closer to the Atlantic. Hmm. <laughs> So you're thinking, is the Gulf of Mexico just the Gulf of Mexico, or is it in the Atlantic Ocean? I think even if you went the other side of Florida, we you might be, be closer. closer. Well, hold it then. I still can't figure out what the UK is and Great Britain, and now you want me to bring bodies of water? Well, you won't have to. Brexit is coming, but so is Wexit. There's a, there's a push in Western Canada. Totes like that one. Hashtag Wexit. Tell me about Wexit. Yeah. Hashtag Wexit. They want they they have they have the most beautiful part of the country and all the resources, and yet and it gets 
as I mentioned after our game in Edmonton, the straw comes out of Ontario and it drinks Western Canada's milkshake. And and Western Canada is not happy. They're not represented. So wex it. What's Quebec think? And it's coming here too. Texas. Texas. They've always wanted. To be, I know that they've goes always back wanted to be their own ever. country. <laughs> ever and ever and ever. Uh, but the nickname thing that was unfortunate. Now they're the Red Blacks. They couldn't even decide on a color <laughs> when they changed from the Rough Riders. They just went with red, no black, and then, and then that was uh, fine. Yeah, we'll just call them the Red Blacks. That's fine. Are they the Rouge Blacks? Anyway, yes. Uh, Tom, what are you adding today as a finale to this? I think we should turn it over to the birthday boy himself. Yeah, so do I. And actually, I've already previously celebrated the birthday of Jeff Totes. We had a nice trip to Benihana Steakhouse last night, and we took an absolute fire pick. And it was just a great all-around night. His did favorite make, spot. His did favorite they make spot. the onion tower? The, volcano? Uh, well, volcano. did you get the volcano? We had an issue with the volcano <laughs> because it did not erupt. The volcano caught fire. It's a bit unfortunate. Uh, lovely Sunday night hibachi dinner. I'm looking at the picture right now on the phone. Yeah, we had a chef that kind of mailed it in a little you bit. You went full bra on he, the night. You had, a, you had a hat on. I did. And now that hat still smells with like a, hibachi. Did you have a V-neck? T-shirt on? No, just regular. Oh, it was just sag, yeah. sagging down like that? Yep. And then you had two bras next to you. Yep. Those are your two boys? Room, two roommates. Those are your roommates? Yep. Us three and Tom. Okay. And then Tom has a Miles Garrett T-shirt on. <laughs> well, little known fact, Jeff Totes is an Aggie. So I supported him with my Aggie shirt, okay. which is Miles Garrett. Very controversial, though, because of what Miles Garrett has been yeah, through. Yeah, there must have raised some eyebrows at the old Benihana when you walked it, in It's with not it. a subtle shirt that just like has a Browns logo. It's also it's- a boy's medium, apparently, that he's wearing. <laughs> it was a gift. I wasn't preparing to wear it. Nobody but, asked you what size you wear? But... But I was leaving my house, and I'm like, well, Totes, he's an Aggie. I have to go full Aggie. All right. I didn't wear a class ring, though. All right. And he showed public support of Miles Garrett yeah, in this turbulent week. Well, let's leave it at this this week, since it is our great Jeff Totes' 26th birthday. You're now a third of the way through life. You understand that? Yeah, I do. That's sad, isn't it, when you start looking at it that way? Wait, wait till you get to Heike in my age. Then you're like, can't imagine other side of the mountain. Yeah, I know you can't imagine. Terrifying. So very quickly, what have you learned in life? What have I learned this year? Uh, I would say not this year. You've lived for 25 years. What have I learned in life? What is the number one thing you've learned in life? Oh my goodness. Uh, Don't take anything too seriously ever. Well, that's obvious. (laughs) He also, the Paul Rudd show. That that was supposed to be the out. What are you jumping in for? Heike? Oh, Heike shouldn't be talking. Heike, the thing here is, it's interesting, but Heike doesn't like age. Totsy, just go to break. I'm an old man. Just, just end this. Play the music. You just play the music, Totsy. It's over. I'll Never really take anything serious. Too seriously. I can't sing. This is a rough dismount this on the is, old rinky dinky again this week. It's been a great 25 years, though. It has, hasn't it? Yeah. Look at you. Look at you at 25. It's all downhill from here. You're wearing silver-colored pants and a little shawl-collar sweater. Got the cardigan Also on. silver. Yep. Because it's your silver anniversary on the planet. The 
that you've moved past now. Some fresh as, shoes. As you go to 26. Everything is nothing, and nothing is all of it. Pull your goalie. Never take life too serious. And broadcasting. Next week, everyone. Next week, everyone.